0: Hello there and welcome to the Dubzone GAA Club podcast. Derek Ryan here as we look ahead to Sunday's Dublin Senior 1 football final. I'm joined by former Dublin footballers Barry Cahill and Jer Brennan, as well as the Herald's Conor McKeown. Hey guys. Hello. Hey
1: Derek. Hey
0: Derek. So it's Ballyboden St. Enders versus Thomas Davis on Sunday at Parnell Park. Not exactly, uh, lads, the the final people were predicting at the start of the year or even last weekend really. Davis is obviously the big surprise package, Conor. But both sides there are merit, would you agree? Ah,
1: oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, both of them were, were
0: convincing winners. Like,
1: Bowden were in an awful lot of bother at half time, um, in their game against St. Jude's. They'd kind of fallen into every single trap that we'd sort of prescribed for them last week. Uh, they knew what was coming, uh, and they didn't really take any provisions to get out of it and at half time. They were six points down against a team that just don't concede huge scores. And they were sort of in a bad frame of mind, or they looked to be anyway, because they were doing a lot of moaning to the ref. Um and Dave Sweeney doesn't strike me as the sort of referee who's particularly uh who's particularly sympathetic towards people who are moaning at him, but um they just did a great job on pinning Judes in in the second half and got big performances from Collie Pascal and Michael Darren McCauley, who've been very quiet in the first half. And um they just dominated sort of the territory of the game, they played the game almost exclusively in the in the St Jules half and <coughs> pinned them in. The second game was kind of remarkable. Um, I know Jarr said it here last week. Um, that you know, if if Crofts weren't right, if they didn't have their attitude right, that Thomas Davis would keep going to the end. But honestly, I didn't think that they had it in them. You know, Thomas Davis. I didn't think that they had quality. Um, but when things started to go wrong for for Crofts, like they obviously lost Paul Mannion, uh, they lost Craig Diaz. You know, Sullivan didn't start. Did a few bad wides. Uh, they they kind of squandered good scoring chances. Um and the Thomas Davis lads, they just kept their energy right. They they stuck to their game plan and they had some really really big performances. And you know, I like I don't know how long we would have had to have spoken for at the start of the championship for somebody predicting Thomas Davis to make the mm. final. But they are absolutely <laughs> full. For...
0: Yeah, we'll look at uh, Thomas Davis in a few minutes. <coughs> Let's look at the Bally, uh, the Valley Bowden Jude semi final first, and I guess to Bowden in particular, looking into the uh, the final this uh, Sunday. I spoke to Anthony Rainbow this week, the Ballybond and his manager, ahead of the final. Let's hear what he had to say.
2: Yeah, preparation's going quite well. Um, we trained last night. Um, I suppose the club is very excited to be in the final on Sunday. And preparations are well underway and everybody in the club is really looking forward to it. It's obviously a short
0: turnaround between the semi-final and the final, only a week uh, between the two games. Is that a help or a hindrance to yourself?
2: No, I think it's a help. I think um, most players would like to play it as soon as possible. I think it's been dragged out over the last couple of weeks, especially with the LR and final, been sort of put back with, with the replay another two weeks. So I think players are, are eager to get over as soon as possible because all they want to do
0: really is play football. Uh, this team has still has many of the All-Ireland winners, obviously, from 2016 in it. Uh, how much will that experience count in the final on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think experience going into finals is, is vital. There's, there's some guys in, in this team that have maybe two or three county medals, some are going for their third, and that, that, that experience will be will be key on Sunday.
0: Um, from your point of view as well, uh, there must be expectation, though, here in the camp. I mean, going into the game against Thomas Davis, obviously, Thomas Davis haven't, haven't been in the final since 1991-92 season, um, there's expectation here that Ballyboden will win this game. How do you kind of maybe keep a lid on that heading into this game?
2: Look, I, I think it's very important to keep our feet on the ground. Like if you look at Thomas Davis over the last two games, they beat the reigning county championship in Kil- Kilmacud in the semi-final and beat him convincingly well by five points. Uh, they beat Castlenock in, in, the, in the quarter-final by, by one or two points um thomas davis has done really well over the last two years they won the b championship last year they finished mid table in the league this year they're a very well organized side so we're like we're looking at this game uh, as another stepping stone for us and uh, we're not taking it for granted yeah what can you expect from thomas davis on sunday you're going to expect incredible work rate as, as you've seen over the last two games they're a team that play for each other they're a well-organized side um, the, the show true grit and determination in the way to play, and we have to match that on Sunday.
0: Okay, Anthony Rainbow there, the Bally Bowden St. Enders manager. And looking at the Bowden Jude semi final first, um, Barry Bowden, as Connor mentioned, there, are six down at half time. Again, such a well organised and defensively strong St. Jude's team that the, the lads spoke last week but the last thing you need to do is give Jude's a big lead that they can then defend. I guess Bowden didn't panic and won by a goal in the end, 210 to 110. Will will Jews kind of feel like they left it behind them again? It was nearly their their perfect position to be in, uh, having a big lead, having six points of a gap, um, you know, and that they were able to kind of nearly do what they want, what they like to do is kind of sit back and, and nearly defend and, and be structurally sound. Will, will they feel they left it behind them.
3: Yeah, possibly. I mean, from Jews' perspective, as you alluded to there, having that defensive system in place, if you can build up a bit of a lead, you really should be in a really. Great position to try and see out the game because you're able to play that counter attacking football and soak up a lot of pressure, allow the opposition to get have a, a lot of possession in front of you. And then when you get a turnover, try and get the transition the ball into the attack to whether it's Kevin McManaman or, or Coakley or whoever and pick off scores. So yeah, a bit of a surprise considering the position they were in at halftime. I mean, Bally Bowden only managed to score I think 1-2 in the first half, but to score 1-8 in the second half was serious going by Bally Bowden. And I suppose the fact that, you know, Jude's had got over Vincent's in the quarterfinal. You would have felt that they were well equipped to get back to another final. And, and this really could have been their, their chance to get that elusive, uh, Dublin senior football title, um, that they've gone so close over the last few years, but. You know, full credit to, to Bally Bode. And I think certainly Michael Darren McCauley started to get a bit of a grip on the game. Um, it's been difficult. I think a few weeks for mickey has been struggling with a bit with a groin injury and <sighs> may have to get an operation or something at some point later in the year. So, you know, he's trying his best to manage that, but he really gave a, gave a sort of tour de force, uh, performance there in the second half. They managed to get a bit more of a stranglehold around midfield. And then as was that probably gave them the, the platform to get. The ball into the two Bascals where they could cause a bit of damage. Darren O'Reilly as well. Um, so yeah, it was a really good turnaround. And obviously that will, that will do them the world of good going into the final. I mean, they have been a, probably a lot of people's favourites over the last few weeks to go on and win the championship this year. But, you know, they, they haven't been overly convincing in the Nafina game in the quarter final and also the last day. Like, they do certainly have a few flaws and uh, that I'm sure Thomas Davis will have picked up on. So, you know, they'll have to give a bit more of a sort of 60, 65-minute performance in, in the final on Sunday uh, to get over the line, I think.
4: Yeah, I agree with what the lads have said, Derek. Um, for me, Valley Bowden, they're very slow to start most of their games. Yeah. Again, looking at the Nafina quarterfinal, they only had six points at half time, down by two, and obviously down by what, another six points in against Jews in the semi final. So they are very very slow starters, and that's something that uh, they'll have to look at as a group to see why is it that they're coming out of the trap so slowly, and maybe Connor, if, if that podcast had gone out last week, and uh, the Jews management and the coach management listen to it uh, we could have two different teams in the final but uh, that aside yeah Jews were disappointed for me Derek the fact that we were up by so much um, we would have spoke over the last couple of weeks about if you go behind against the team like St. Jude's it can be extremely difficult to claw it back because they do tend to suck the lights out of you and then they catch you on the break because you've committed a couple of guys forward. But it seemed like they were playing with a lot more fear in the second period of of, of the semi-final, inviting Bally Bowden onto them. Bally Bowden, again, nearly identical to the second half against the Fina. Once the halftime uh, throw-up uh, occurred, they just got in the faces of the St. Jules players and, and and it was uh, it was evident again that they were... that. The, that they got some sort of bollocking or talking to in the dressing room at half time. and uh, they they out of the traps uh, a totally different team, and and, and like Conor mentioned, uh, Michael Dower and carrying a bit of an injury as well, he was a different player in the in the in the semi final uh, in comparison to the quarter final, where he seemed a frustrated individual, being taken off and obviously reintroduced then um, for the second half period. Um, that's uh, really the period of extra time that was played in the FINA game. So, uh, look at Bowden. The one thing they have is they're quite a mature team. Uh, they don't panic despite starting poorly. They have a very good understanding about themselves, and, and and the one thing they really have going for them at the moment is is Colin Masquell. And again, I th- I think was took the eye off the ball with Colin as well into that second half period towards the end of the game. That's when Colin has done most of his scoring. Um, we had him in UCD for a number of years. Obviously, everyone is rare of him playing with Dublin on the club over the last four or five seasons. And when opposition defenders begin to fatigue mentally, physically, they switch off and Colin being a fit guy, and Warden's with a Ryan, he's able to capitalise then on those little gaps that pop up. And That's what he did again on the in the semi-final.
1: Just on Jude's, like, last week we kind of spoke, like looking at their scoring rate, and they had averaged just over 13 points a game in their four matches going into the semi-final. Now, it's not a huge sample size, but it probably... Was uh illustrative of what their shortcomings might be, like you know, you kind of felt that coming into this very very high the business end of the championship that they were going to have to up their scoring rate in at least in probably both of the last two games if they were going to win the championship. Um, and they finished with one ten, which was exactly their average, so it wasn't enough. But at halftime, like they scored one eight, so like you know the prediction that they were going to have to up their scoring average to win the game looked like it, like they were going to actually up their scoring average and go on and win the game the second half, they only got three shots away. And that's, you know, they got two points and one wide. And you're just not going to win anything doing that. Um, like in the first half, they were able to work the ball up. Like you look at a couple of the scores that, um a couple of the scores that they picked off from, Sligo not a goal lad.
4: Roger Clark, is
1: it? But Clark, yeah. Like he, he had the ball put perfectly on his chest in perfect amount of space, facing the goal. And he just put them over the bar from 25 yards. But in the second half, uh, they weren't able to get out of their own half. But even when they did, I'm not sure that they committed enough men forward. Um, Like when there was a bit of chaos injected into the game by Bally Bowden's press being so high and so aggressive, committing so many numbers to it, uh, and Jules plan sort of failed, they didn't really have any recourse. And, you know, like three shots in the second half, is just not going to win you the game. Like regardless of how well Bally Bowden were going, and, and, you know, regardless of how well, they took their scores. It was, a, it was a huge quality in some of the Ballyboden scores. Even Kali Basquez three frees, they weren't tap overs. You know, they were, you know, you had to execute that at a really high level to get that score themselves. But, um, th- like that did come back to haunt The fact that Jude's are not built to put up uh, a big score because chances of holding the team for Ballyboden to less than 13 points over the course of 16 minutes is going to be very, very low.
3: I, I think Connor as well, I mean, it's probably something that that Judes team will have to look at over the winter heading into to next year because, you know, they have made good strides in the last few years. They've beaten a lot of the top teams um sort of sporadically year on year. You know, they're very consistent in terms of Finishing, you know, probably top six in, in division one league and getting to semi finals. But, you know, do, do they have the, the game plan and the tactics to actually go ahead and, and, and win the bigger games towards the latter end of the season? It's all well and good getting to the last four, or, you know, last six, last eight. Um, but do they have enough, I suppose confidence in, in their ability to push on? and actually go, and and when the game is there for the take, and actually go for the juggler and, and do it. um, You'd certainly have to question that at, at this particular time because they just haven't demonstrated it at either the semi-final or final stage in the last four or five years. And, you know, the, it's brought them to a certain point, but they, they need to, to go uh, to another level again, I think, if they're going to get over the line.
4: And I don't I don't want the three counts in front of me from the semi-final game that St. Jude's lost, but against St. Vincent's, Pourry Clark kicked five frees um and Kevin Mack kicked one free. So that's six scores out of there. I think was a one nine maybe they scored against St. Vincent's in the quarter final. Um a lot of those scores come from frees. Paddy Bowden definitely had a a better handle uh defensively on on, on, on the St Juds forwards. And they obviously knew that they needed to be disciplined in the tackle and not to be given poor Clark or kept Mac opportunities put the ball over the bar. But um again I think anybody who is knowledgeable of Dublin football, Derek, and has seen St Jude's over the last couple of seasons, will 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 agree that very organised, structured, hard working team, but you just have to question can they put enough on the board and, and the lads have said it there. It's very very difficult to win seeing a championship by only scoring thirteen points on average.
0: Um, I guess, uh, Barry, you mentioned it there already. You spoke about the fact that, you know, Bally Bowden weren't at their best against Nafina and the, the, and the last day, and they'll probably have to step it up. But will Bowden be quite happy with the fact that they weren't at their best and still got through? Obviously, Crokes weren't at their best the last day, weren't really at their best against Clontarf and, and, and got through that one. Uh, and obviously, they're out now. Will Bowden look at the fact that they weren't at their best of the past couple of games, but still had enough in the tank in terms of even their battling qualities to get through uh, they showed a different side to their game and they're, they're now in the final and obviously the favourites to win it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it is down to your, your attitude and, and your, your mindset after performances like that. Um, You know, you're not going to play a perfect 60, 65 minutes of football and, you know, the last couple of days they've done enough to win. So you got to give them full credit for that. And there's certainly a lot of characteristics within the team that you'd like to be part of in terms of, you know, never giving up and, and battling hard and, you know, making sure that they're still doing the right things, even though they're coming under a lot of pressure. And um, you know, obviously that bit of experience and, and maybe their fitness and squad has obviously benefited as well that, you know, they are able to push on uh in those second halves and and particularly in this extra time of the Athena quarter final. Um but I think the management still would have a couple of question marks around the group just to try and ensure that they're able to start the games that bit better. Um there is more in them, so that's obviously a big discussion point, I'm sure, in, in the dressing room this week, that they would like to start the game well. Certainly when they're going into a, a game against Thomas Davis in the final where they are everyone's favourites, and um, the last thing you want to do is give the underdogs a good start so that they can start to build a bit of confidence because they're going to be naturally more nervous going into the game on Sunday um, even though they probably don't have as much to lose as Bally Bowden so they'll have definitely had discussions this week about trying to start the final better and trying to give a bit more of a complete performance because you know the second half turnarounds you can't do it in every match eventually it will catch up on you at some stage so um it, it'll be an area of focus and discussion for them this week certainly
4: and even looking at the scoring differences Derek going back to the group stage of the championship um, St. Shewood's scoring difference plus 11 Paddy Bowden to the end the scoring difference plus thirty one so those numbers themselves well, was obviously mitigating uh, factors around the quality of opposition maybe the group stage but at the same time plus thirty one scoring difference over the group stages versus plus eleven I think that says a lot and 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 that at the end and fully fully agree with Barry um Bowden can only get away with it so long with poor starts as as there yeah Bowden and. Uh, more than and no, will come out that in a minute. You know, they've been they've been poor in their games to date as well. And uh, they haven't quite got going but um Bowden might get cut out this this uh, this Sunday by uh very tenacious and hard working Thomas Davis who have a lot of belief in spirit and, and uh, certainly on paper lack black uh, uh in comparison to Bowden but um they make up for in heart.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, from a Bowden point of view, talk to us about because they're favourites for a reason. Um, they seem to be strong pretty much throughout. Good defensively, Econnor, Bit of magic in attack. We've spoken about it already. Colin Baskeil in particular. Um, Mick McCauley in, in in midfield, and obviously what he did at the weekend and loads of experience because of um, obviously they won the All Ireland back in 2016. So as a as a club, they have plenty of experience. They also have a few intercounty players or players who have been in and around the intercounty panel for the past few years. So they seem to be strong throughout. They're obviously favourites for a reason this weekend.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, they're a serious team. Um, Like it's still the backbone of the team that won the All-Ireland in 2016. Um, But possibly even Colin Baskell has gone to another level. Well, he has gone to another level as a footballer. There's no doubt about it. Um, And he's the sort of fella now with Bernard Brogan retiring and maybe one or two more of the older uh, attackers from the Dublin squad going to leave the panel over the next few weeks. You know, you can see him making a, Making a serious claim for himself next year, because he has a bit of everything. He's a very strong ball carrier. He's very pacey. He's a good link man. Um, and he's a very accurate kicker with both feet. And he's an expert goal scorer. So like he is the sort of the, not the player that the team is built around, but he's their primary threat. But like Ryan Bascal playing centre forward, he has a really, really good left foot like aaron waters like he wouldn't have maybe got much of a crack with dublin like he caught one great mark there in the second half that set up i think that point off probably basquets left foot but just a lot of energy around the middle and a lot of pace um and we mick McCauley and (coughs) definitely i know the lads are saying that mick macaulay carrying an injury and it kind of makes sense but even when he came back on against nafina um in extra time he had a big he had a big say in the final goal and the second half the last day was was really really good and like even like uh shane clayton in defense who again like has been in and out of dublin panels um and robbie mcdade who was in the panel this year like they're sort of serious top-notch defenders so um okay they mightn't have as many dublin panelists as you might expect from a team who are favorites to going into the county final i think they probably have more firepower than most club teams in the country Um I know Warren Egan probably didn't have his best game the last day, but like he's been very good in this year's championship. And the same could be said for Ross McGarry as well. Um, so, yeah, like they have a bit of everything. Darren O'Reilly was really interesting the last day because um, Chris Gookian had played a very effective man-marking role on Darren McConnelly in the final, But they switched Gookian to the wing. Um, yeah, Jude switched Gookian to the wing. Now, obviously... It, they got something off it with his early goal and it was a brilliantly taken goal and and Cookie as well led to do that. But it was down that wing that Darren O'Reilly kept finding space. Um, if you remember, he got in for a goal chance that was saved and then he actually got Bally Bowden's goal soon after. And uh, like that first goal, had Bally Bowden not got that goal in a half when chances were few and far between, Jude's could have actually been out of sight at half-time. So I, I suppose what I'm getting at is they're the sort of team that You know, when you get down to your fourth or fifth best man marker and and you're matching matching them up against somebody like Ross McGarry or Warren Hagan or Darren O'Reilly, they still have the ability to hurt you. So it's not just two or three players that you have to close down to kind of nullify them. They really have threats from all over the park.
3: Yeah, and the big thing for me with that Bally Bowden team is that they've such high quality of club footballers there that are just on the verge of inter-county squads or at inter-county level, but maybe not quite there as well. So, you know, Anthony Rainbow would have to cut to that 20, 25-man squad pretty much all year round, week in, week out for training and league matches and being able to develop it. I mean, if you look at the, the Ballymun squad and obviously the Vincent's one when Ger was involved, there was a number of, guys who were part of the Dublin setup um five six guys and we actually had it with Bridget's as well going back to Tommy Lyons era and it doesn't help that guys are on an inter-county panel who aren't maybe getting in the first 15 and they're also not getting club football whereas with these Ballyboden guys there's certainly a number of guys that would probably be good enough for county football maybe at division three or division four level but they're not quite in, you know, Jim Gavin's top 30, top 35. So there's a really nice mix there of guys who are, who are just below Jim Gavin's panel or just outside of Jim Gavin's panel, but still operating at a very, very high level. Um, and, you know, that's a really good uh, place for Ballyboden to be in because you have uh, guys, even if there's one or two guys who are having an off day, there's other guys who are able to step up and produce the goods.
0: Good stuff. Okay. Um, let's look at Davis's now. I guess big underdogs going in against um, the in the quarter final. They got through that. The same against Crokes the last day. Obviously, 212 to 110, winning in the end. So, winning pretty comfortably in the end. 6 3 down. I remember looking at the clock around 25 minutes gone. There were six points to three down. And I kind of felt at that stage it was Crokes' game to, to lose. But by half time, it was six points all. And obviously, within t- uh, 10 minutes of the start of the second half, they'd scored those two goals. And they were two seven to eight points up at that stage. Never, never relinquished that lead that they got straight after half time. Um, Ger, I guess a huge performance uh, that fifteen minutes in particular from them, between the twenty fifth minute and the fortieth minute, where they turned around a six three deficit to a two seven to two seven to eight points lead, was massive for them. Uh, that weekend.
4: No, certainly was. And look at this, Tom they are been hugely impressive. I've seen them three times now this year's championship. Um, if you were to look at the league results Derek and some of the Huygens they took against St Vincent's against Bowden, against Pokes you wouldn't have given them much hope but again it's amazing uh, what you can do with a group of guys who are committed and decide that they want to go out and achieve something and then you add in the special ingredient that is Championship Football and then fellas just rise to another level but again I was very very impressed by by uh, Thomas Davis as a, I thought the introduction of Bushing Kelly in the semi-final, he just added a, a bit more um physicality, um a bit more cuteness and uh, toughness into the Thomas Davis uh, defence, and at the same time, you, you know with Adam Fa- Fallon, Keane Murphy, <coughs> Sean Kennedy, all these lads, were well able to break the line, uh in terms of getting the ball out of defence, and again, Kieran Farrelly is having a super season capitalised on a on a rare mistake from, from, from Nestor and the David Nestor in the chemical cross goal. But look at in terms of an all round team, Thomas Davis is they're just superb, they're very impressive. You can't but uh, support them. Uh, the fact that they give so much of themselves and they've such a great team spirit. There's no one guy I know Owen Kirby's certainly doing a lot of scoring for them and Kieran Farley, uh Ryan Deegan then from midfield. As a, as a group, as a man, and the fellas coming in, they're just working, they're working, they're working, and, and, and there's no let-off. And certainly against Castleknock, and and again, to an extent, against Kim McCullough in the semi-final, even though they won before semi-final, they bet uh, Castleknock with one point, I think. You know, they didn't necessarily retreat too much in the latter stage of the second half. They, they knew they had to step it up and keep bringing the game to uh, Kim McCood, folks, and were able to push, uh, push them over the line, and I fancied him in the final. Um, I, I, I fancied them in the semi-final against Kim McCudd And uh, because of that spirit that they have, I think Bowden are at a level above Kim McCud this year. So it'll be a it'll be harder bet. But I just fancy, fancy Thomas Davies because the hunger that's there. They haven't won. None of this group have won a championship for Davies. I know there's a lot of talk about the three in a row going back to 89-91. To but... And what's even more impressive and in fairness to Bowden have it as well but Thomas we saved his team unless the lads can uh, point any guys out like they're all from Tala and they're all grouped around the area there's no imports Um, again I don't have an issue with that either we've had with Vincent and Northern Bridges and, and, and the other clubs uh, over the years fellas they in Dublin they want a paper club it's fine but I think they're all talent based fellas and, and, and that's, a, that's a huge achievement certainly how competitive
0: football is. Yeah, actually, I caught up with Paul Kelly, the uh, Thomas Davis manager, another uh, talent man. He's been there for a long time. Um, I caught up with him this week. Let's have a listen to what he had to say ahead of the final on Sunday.
5: Winning's a habit. I said that, I think, on, on the other day. And uh, obviously with that and good performances, confidence does come. Um, but confidence has to be backed up by performances and hopefully we can get another one out on, on Sunday. You know?
0: You'll be going into this game as underdogs, as you have done, though, over the past few weeks against Castleknock and against Chemical Croaks, and I guess you surprised both of those teams and surprised a lot of people by winning both of those games, not yourselves. Seems to be a really good spirit in the Thomas Davis camp uh, over the past few weeks and again heading into this game this weekend.
5: Yeah, look, the club is a quite tight club. Um, you know, there's a lot of work gone into the underage uh, setup over the last number of years. Um, as I say, we, we were a couple of lads maybe from, from outside the Talla area, um, but, you know, the vast majority are from the club and, uh, you know, from local schools, etc. So obviously they know each other, they socialise with each other, etc. And, um, you know, so there's a nice tight-knit there, you know.
0: Um, county finals are always going to be special, but this is the first one for Thomas Davis since 1991-92 season. Uh, it makes it even more special. It's been a big long wait for yourselves to get back into a county final.
5: Yeah, look, the guys in the trainer a row team made history, you know, and it is history we've made a bit of history getting to a final but now obviously one would like to win it and, and, and uh, be on a par with those guys you know.
0: What can you expect from Ballyboden this weekend? I mean look Ballyboden are a class
5: act you know again one of Dublin's and the country super clubs effectively um, you know lots of county players lads with all Ireland medals in at club and and, and uh, county level and uh, we played them in the league there in August and uh, they're superb outfit like and uh, Anthony Rainbow um has them, has them really gone well and look it's going to be a very difficult task and um, nine days out of ten y- you know if you're a betting man I'd understand where you put your money but hopefully this is the one in ten you know
0: um, it's been a pretty much a whirlwind couple of years for Thomas Davis because obviously they uh, had to come up from uh, the senior two last year. They came up, they got through got through the group. A lot of people maybe were surprised you even got through the group and obviously getting to a final. But it has been a bit of a whirlwind couple of years for you. Getting to a final, it's, it's a really good story, I guess.
5: Yeah, look, I suppose some people would see it as a two-year journey. You know, I've been there now six years. Um, you know, and we've taken a lot of strides over that six years. And... Um, A couple of two to three minor teams came through. We were able to get two or three players from most of them. We got six or seven from the last one. And, you know, that's given us that alongside the championship, moving from a straight knockout to a group approach. To be honest, it's a much better approach if you're trying to develop a young team, um, you know, and and breed confidence off of uh, the group stage before you get into the knockouts. And I think that's, you know, the last couple of years has helped us in that regard versus a straight knockout competition, you know?
0: Um I guess Barry, looking at Thomas Davis, tactically how will they look to get at Bowden this weekend? Because everyone's talking about their, their fight and their spirit, but tactically what'll they do to try and get at Bowden on Sunday?
3: Well I think they'll be trying to play as as fast a game of football as possible. You know, they certainly rely on their fitness and their energy and that sort of collaborative teamwork that they have you know it reminds me maybe of the Ballymun team of a few years ago um who really prided themselves on that but they have certainly uh, certainly have a lot of quality as well um but it, i think it's fantastic from for thomas davis perspective i mean if you went back to last january february time when you looked at the 16 teams in the senior a championship a lot of people would have had Thomas Davis as the 16th best team probably you know after coming up from the senior b uh, championship last year um they've obviously used uh, that sort of motivational incentive going back to the start of 2018 when they felt felt hard done by and rightly so, I think, for not being uh, considered to be part of the, the Senior A Championship. They've really gone at it hard and really focused and, and zoned in on it. And, um, you know, to, to Jared's point as well, it's, it's brilliant. And I think it's refreshing that the, the whole group is pretty much from the the one club and have come through the whole underage, that they aren't reliant and any sort of county players from outside Dublin, or they certainly haven't gone recruiting anyone. Um, I know Shane McGrath's played a, a bit of football with Claire, senior footballers, and I would have played against Shane a few times. And he's, he's an excellent footballer. He's, he's a real handful to play against, um, with his energy and his, his quality. So, um, I think f- from Thomas Davis's perspective, they're going to try and start really well. They didn't start well the last day against, uh, Croaks, but you know, for them to stay in the game. Um And they have a real chance if they can stay in the game because they they finish games really strongly. You know, they need to start well. So again, they'll be putting a lot of emphasis and focus on that.
1: Well, I think the way Thomas Davis play, they just, you know, they're not going to adapt much. Just on the, the the point of the whole squad being from Thomas Davis, there's one player, Peter Quinn, who wore three, but played cornerback the last day, I think is from Mather of Felt. They won the Derry Championship this year. Um, And I know this because some of the, from Marafelt uh got in contact with me on Twitter very quickly after it declared the whole squad was from Palace. <laughs> up, uh, but uh that that no, way. like I mean they played play the game way they play the game and they play with huge confidence for a team who like if you look at fellas like Brian Kirby and Shane McGrath and the, the 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 Kieran Farley, the old stagers, like they play for Thomas David for ten, twelve years or longer in some cases, taking big hidings um and going nowhere in particular. And it's amazing, like, and I'd love to know because, like, they're the club obviously who fought the the split of the championship into an A and a B or a one and a two, um, the most ferociously. But I'd love to know how much of their momentum this year comes from having won last year's championship. Like, had had the championship not been split and they had, you know, continued their form over the previous years. Would they have ever gotten a, the sort of lift that they've obviously carried into this year's championship that comes from winning games? Because like it looks now that they have a really good blend, you know, um, like the older players I spoke about there, but like Adam Fallon and Kim Murphy are two really good young defenders. Ryan Deegan, a fellow with a lot of energy and a lot of potential around midfield and Davy Kow as well, who's on the, the Dublin senior hurling panel as well. But they only really look like they have a really good mix now because of the wins that they've had and the scalps that they've taken. Um, but it'll just be really interesting to, to kind of get their views when it's all over as to how much of a lift that they got from winning games and winning a championship last year. Um, and how much that kind of changed the whole mentality around the team because, you know, we'll keep harping back onto it, but it's because it is the most interesting point about them. Other than the aforementioned Peter Quinn, it's the same group of players. It's a manager from the club that all of a sudden, um, have had a huge lift in their fortunes and have taken out the county champions and, like, you know, regardless of what happens on Sunday, and I know is predicting they'll win, like it's like they're an incredible story already, even if it was standing the season.
4: I wonder if, if Carlo win the tier two championship next year, if they win the Maguire in two thousand twenty. But um, <clears throat> I'm only joking. Um, I, I suppose we 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 haven't really mentioned <clears throat> chemical croaks either. Too much and and for me I thought Croaks the three games I've seen again this year, the last group game, quarter final, the semi final just gone. They just seemed like a team that were a bit tired and fatigued and, and, and nearly overly predictable in how they were looking to move the ball. And, and you know, again, Clontarf actually had an opportunity to take them in the quarter final, being up by a point at half time. And I know we've talked about Jack being put off four minutes into that second half. and. The introduction of Paul Mannion obviously helped him for folks, but uh, regardless of Paul Mannion going off, I think folks' energy levels were pretty much the same throughout the three games I've seen them The uh, against Sylvester's, and then again against Thomas Davis. And, um, I'm not sure what the answer is for Johnny for, for McGee and Robbie Brennan. Um, I'm trying to improve things uh, next year, but uh. Yeah, they were only ever in second or third gear. They were a lot more in them as a squad, and, but uh, at the same time, you got to credit Thomas Davis where they did take the games. They didn't, they didn't stand back for too long. <coughs> it a bit of a slower start, like Connor mentioned.
0: Did you yeah. feel sorry, Joe? Did you feel that uh, Croaks took their foot off the gases and they they looked at Clontarf and they got past Clontarf and they saw Thomas Davis as a team that we can beat without maybe being at our very best, and obviously the game kind of ran away from them then in the second half.
4: So. This is where your sports psychology comes into play. Tarek, myself and Barry have been in. Is there any teams and teams and, and played club games against opposition where you're expected to win? And you discuss as a group of players beforehand, say we are expected to win. But if you go in with that mindset, we're going to get a kick in the backside. And as a player, you do your best to stay focused on what your task is, what your role is uh, in the 15 or... Expensive units, but sometimes subconsciously, human beings, being as they are, they 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 do take their foot off the gas. You need to have a bit of fear factor to get the most from yourself as a player, and you need to find something to motivate you that brings about that level of adrenaline, that level of, of focus and hunger, and that wasn't there in the chemical folks uh, performances, and that defeat was coming. Um, and it just so happened to be in the the, the semi-final. Now, if they had got through to play Bradley Bowden, near rivals, a lot of healthy hatred, if I can say that, <laughs> between both clubs, you definitely would have seen a different animal doing good folks. But that's just life and that's a challenge to, 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 to athletes and, and, and um, the lead team to, to get the best out of themselves
3: when they're expected to win. So, yeah, I'd have to agree with Jared there. I mean, I, I think from Chemical Croak's perspective, they just looked that bit lethargic and, and their body language hadn't been great in the in the previous couple of games. And I think having got over Clontarf without being in any way impressive, they probably would have seen the, the semi-final draw as being very favourable to them. You know, the two other big teams would be knocking lumps out of each other in the other semi-final and they probably felt, you know, we, we can get over this Thomas Davis game in second gear and then really tee ourselves up nicely for, for, uh, the final on the Sunday against one of those big two teams. So, um, you know, it, it didn't look, the, the, the setup or the camp didn't look as good as it should, as it was last year. There seemed to be something missing, and you know you can talk all week leading into a game about respecting the opposition and you know uh, getting your own head in order, but you know the proof is in the pudding. then when you step out into the pitch in terms of your attitude and your work rate and your tackle count and 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 you know using the ball as as well as you can so um It's massively disappointing for Croaks to, you know, I felt they would have been really motivated on on the back of the Leinster club final defeat before Christmas to try and, you know, avenge that and go a couple of steps further. But the thing about Thomas Davis as well, like, you know, they haven't come through an easy side of the draw or anything like that. You know, they were in a group with Jude's and Plunkett's and Rahini, you know, no easy game there, haven't come... Through then Casernock in the quarterfinals as underdogs, and then Good croaks who were obviously were massive favourites and and the current champions. So, um, you know Thomas Davis has certainly earned the right to get into the final, and you know I think they'll do a really good give a really good account themselves on Sunday.
0: Um, Jura's already t- nearly nailed his clothes to the mask and said he he's fancying Thomas Davis. Barry, uh, your prediction for the weekend? Uh, I mean, like I said, Bowden of the favourites. Um, Jura's going for D- Davis. What's your opinion about how the game will go?
3: Well, a lot depends on how Thomas Davis uh, managed to contain the two Bascals. Um, you know, if they can limit them, you're you're not going to completely wipe them out. But if you can limit them and restrict them, they have a really good chance. But I just think Bally Bowden's experience experience, um, that bit more quality that they have of, of players maybe at, at intercounty County level. Um, obviously, the the platform that Declan O'Mahony and, and Michael Dara McCauley can give them midfield. I'm just going to go with Bally Bowden to edge it by a couple of points. But I think it's going to be very tight and it's going to get down to the wire. Connor?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you
1: no, know, I can see the argument for, for Thomas Davis now a lot an awful lot more clearly than I could see it before the semifinal against Crogues. And if they can make sure that Bally Bowden don't get one of those stars, um and those two players hold their men to, you know, two or three points each, I think they have a really good chance. But I just think that the greater likelihood is that Bally Bowden will, will just make it in the end by a couple of points. I I just add there
4: that it was the Thomas Davis management. Um, again the two basketballs we have spoken about with them they're actually doing probably half of the scores that Valley Bowden are getting, more than half. Between Coleman and and Ryan, they're actually contributing over just the over fifty percent. So I'd put someone <clears throat> probably like Brian Kirby to start I was a nice bit older and collie in the first half to try to uh soften them up so to speak. And the second half I'd throw someone like Oshin Kelly on him. Uh just to keep to keep Collie quiet for the for the for the second half, and I think if you keep even
0: Collum, Pasquale quiet, I think they've a great chance of uh, getting over the line. Um, good stuff. Uh, so yeah, you're going you're going with Thomas Davis, Stuart. yeah. Thomas Davis, so two against one for Bowden. Um, and finally, just before we go, uh, Connor, maybe a word on the Senior Two final because it's Whitehall Kills versus Rand Terror Lusk. Both teams already promoted to Senior One Championship because they won their semi-finals at, at the weekends. Whitehall beating Templeogue, St. Street, and uh, Lusk beating Kula. Massive uh, for both teams, obviously, but for Lusk in particular, Connor to go up and a huge boost for them, but a massive blow for Kula. They would have felt that they would have been favourites to to get through that semi-final and get into the final, and obviously uh, getting promoted. Being without calm was a massive loss to them.
1: Yeah, the loss to be very bitter about losing Conn
0: now, um, considering, you know, the draw after extra time. I imagine that he's, you
1: know, I don't know what he's worth at that level, but, you know, if he's worth Seven or eight points, or two, three, or whatever, to Dublin in an All Ireland final. I'm sure he's worth an awful lot to. Uh, I'm sure he's worth an awful lot to um, Tipula to in a in a senior two semi final. You know, last year they lost in the semi final to Thomas Davis, when I think there was only there was only one team that went up, and um, so like they've fallen at the final hurdle to get back to senior. And they're actually one of the teams that you can imagine doing quite well at senior if they got there. Um, and they obviously struggle a bit because an awful lot of their better players are playing hurling. And uh, they tend to commit more to the hurling than they do to football, but um, like it's a huge blow. It's a great achievement for Round Towers. but I guess. like. I honestly don't know very much about them. Um, I expected Whitehall will win the other game, like, and I think Whitehall will probably win the final. Um, like they're a good young team, and even with the hurlers that they have on O'Donnell and Lee Gannon, they give them enough lot of uh, awful lot of sort of pace and energy. And I think Carmel went to town early on in the last game and then the final. final and, and Possesses that ability to do it. so. I probably expect the Whitehall to win the final, um, but it should be a good game because the pressure's off. Both teams have gone up, um, uh, and they can look forward to emulating what Thomas did this year in 2020.
0: Good stuff, Conor. Thanks, a million. A reminder before we go: of Sunday's fixtures at Parnell Park. That Senior Two final starting at two o'clock on Sunday. It's Whitehall Kill versus Rand Tower lust And the big one is at four. It's Thomas Davis versus Ballyboden Saint Enda's in the Senior One football final. That game is live on TG Caher, by the way. If you can't make it along to Parnell Park, but if you can, you can check out the Dublin GA website, DublinGA.ie, for details on where you can get those tickets. Throw in for that one. It's at four o'clock. Hope you all enjoy the game, lads. Thanks, me for joining us this week. Thanks for listening, and chat to you soon.